welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaliyah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. It is Fossey February, everybody. And all that a jazz. Bit of fussy. <laughs> fussy. A little bit of fussy. Yeah, super excited. Um, and this week we are doing Sweet Charity, you know. A little known musical. I'm kidding. It's probably very known. Um, <laughs> but do you have a history with it? Do I have a history with it? Not really. I only have a history with the song. There's some. There's got to be something better than this, because one part of the dance moves are emulated in one of Beyonce's songs, mm-hmm. and two, it has Cheetah Rivera in it. And back when, yep. and back when um, we were doing in the Heights, I was like, "Who is Cheetah Rivera, and why are they referring to her as he's dancing drunk?" Um, right. So that's that's why I am aware of this musical at all. Before, it's like a drunk Cheetah Rivera. That's the entire reason. How about you? Do you have a history with it? Not particularly with the musical itself, except, okay, Beehive, get with me. Um, B-Day, remember that music videos that she put out? Um, get Me Bodied, remember that little, that little, you know? That is in, that is a direct reference to the rich man's frug. Um, mm-hmm. Like, literally, when I watched it, um, this specific scene for the first time, um, the, um, who's that with Vincenzo or whatever his name is? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's me. That is the beginning of when Beyonce walks into that place and then she, she goes from being Charity's character to being that one lady who's like the, I guess, like the dance captain or whatever because she's like the main dancer and she does and like some of the dance moves are like references to that um Mm -hmm. but yes there's also like like you i recognize some of the moves that uh beyonce does in single ladies uh from there's got to be something better than this but also that one's also taken from like a different thing called like mexican breakfast or something so there's like a lot of moves in there that are direct references as well but other than that, no. Also, I know Hey Big Spender. Big Spender. <laughs> I know that yeah. song. So that's I'm aware my of that history. Song. <laughs> so, so we've decided that either Beyonce or her choreographer is very much in love with Bob Fosse, specifically this movie. One thousand percent. I think about that, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I guess we'll get into it. This movie uh, came out in 1969, uh, originally, well, not originally, prior to this, it was a stage play, it was on Broadway, Um, it got the Tony for Best Choreography, which of course it did, and Mm -hmm. then before that, it was based on a film, Nights of... Cabria. All right, cool. I think I said that right. Um, 
but yeah, so in the well, no, because in the film, um, Charity's character is Cabria, and she's a prostitute. But here in this film, Charity is a dancer for hire. I think called a taxi dancer mm-hmm. in that time, and I had to look up what a taxi dancer was. But it's basically a dancer for hire where they pay um, a customer to dance uh, with them. A customer pays to dance with. A selection of girls that are present within the club yeah um, which I don't think they really do anymore yeah I mean the only reason I know about this thing is because there. oh my god I'm revealing who I am so much uh, there's a show <laughs> called cold case but it's not like real cold cases it has uh, Tracy Toms in it and she's like a detective um, but anyway there's like and like there's like this episode where the cold case is like i want to say around the 60s and there's like that in that episode the victim was like one of the dancers who like i think she was married and then like was sneaking behind her husband's back to do this or something like that something along those lines um and then she got murdered (laughs) so that's the only reason why i know this thing um anyways that's me. So, <laughs> we open on a charity, Hope Valentine, which is a very romantic name. So much so. She's going, she's going through New York. I, I'm pretty sure she's visiting uh, possibly iconic places, but I don't know New York, so I can't say that for certain. Uh, I wish I could say. That's always the way. I wish I could say. <laughs> Actually, it's this in this place. But thank you to um, the panoramic. I've not been to New York, so. <laughs> the Panasonic? Are. Oh, my God. Yes, the perpendicular. The Puppuccino, got it. <laughs> so she's going around. She seems very much in high spirits as we go through the opening. And she, I think she visits a bank primarily. And then she heads towards Central Park. Uh, they go to a specific bridge, the Gapstow, Gapstow Bridge, where she meets uh, someone who's introduced to us as Charlie. Yeah, he, we learn, is actually married, uh, but we get a very romantic introduction to him, and kind of charity as a well as well through the song "My Personal Property." Uh, where she's just uh, very much happy in love and just uh, the world is her oyster, basically, in this song. Yeah. Also, um, the, the you have the version where, like, the overture is literally just a picture of charity with the word overture on it. And then that's yes. the picture for, like, three minutes. <laughs> Yep. And then the intermission yep. and everything. Yeah, wow. I loved the intermission. I actually got up and did some stuff, you know. <laughs> I just let it run. Yeah. Oh, wow. We should have intermissions in movies back again. Like, no one will leave. 100%. But I agree. I just... I. I really like the thought of an intermission during a movie, especially, like, it doesn't have to be for all movies, but if your movie is over two hours long, please, please, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
My personal property. The notes are dubious, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, sorry, I was just reading. Apparently, the film didn't do very well when it was initially released. Fair which enough. okay, it so is even one before of the... we get into like really the movie again, but yeah. There is like one choice that I had to, every time it happened, I'd be like, Robert, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> like, the choice of the freeze frame, I don't like it. <laughs> I just, I, I literally don't. And I guess I'll probably complain about it again in the end, but I needed to make it clear right now that it happened several times. And I was just like, Robert, it does. we didn't need this. Well, it was his directorial debut, I this think. Is, I, is it? Yeah. Oh, this was before... I mean, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this was his like first film okay. proper. Fair enough. But yes, so that song happens, and then kind of while she's still in the bit of singing it, <laughs> the they have an exchange where she's just saying, uh, I've taken out my entire life savings and this and that. And she, she, he takes, Charlie takes the money. Mind you, this woman has like a tattoo of his name in a heart yep. on her sleeve. Ooh. Um, Choices. <laughs> and he takes the money pushes her off the bridge into the water and runs like whole with her purse and then like takes the money out of her purse and like dumps her purse he seemed so dodgy like he seemed like a tinder date that you had and you did not know who this person was and they just turned out to be an insane malicious person like there were in no way in that entire scene prior to the song the song as well as the ending of their interaction did i feel like these two people ever even shared like a hug <laughs> it just i'm like these people don't know each other i feel like charity she's a very like not to use her middle name but she's a very hopeful person sure um and a little bit naive as well so i feel like she falls i mean we see this happen later on as well yeah even when she's trying not to she seems to fall in love very quickly mm -hmm. with someone so they might not have known each other for very long in actuality <laughs> That's fair. although I, when she got the tattoo i don't know but <laughs> that too <laughs> and i love that he's like but, in sunglasses the whole time he's like you will no one will recognize me and tell my wife <laughs> god but yeah no she's pushed off into the water and she's struggling can't swim the water doesn't seem that deep but she can't swim and so New Yorkers being New Yorkers are just watching her drown oh. <laughs> oh I, was like, I was like trying to think like if someone fell off the bridge into the Thames would anyone like act immediately because like 
Londoners are similar to New Yorkers in that way that like when a weird thing is happening, they can just like be like, all right, that's London and keep moving. Um, so I was like, I'm, I mean, I would probably call for help, but I would not dive into the water because I cannot swim myself. This and is fair. as a former first aider, I know the priority to, is to not have more casualties than necessary. <laughs> so this makes sense. I am just saying. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> Still, uh, eventually, some young men run to her rescue and dive in and get her out. But she's just very upset and frustrated and kind of refusing to see what actually happened. Because when the police eventually arrive and clear out the crowd, she's telling them that she must have fallen in. When I'm pretty sure you can feel... I was like, babe, you felt him push you. Don't even. And she's like, where's my shoe? <laughs> like, she's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I think it's just her trying to avoid the entire situation. 100%. But, <laughs> but eventually she's released of the situation. Uh, she heads to the Fandango ballroom, which is where she works. And we get introduced to her, some of her uh, co-workers, Nikki and Helen. Nikki is by, played by Cheetah Rivera and mm-hmm. Helen is by Paula Kelly. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be some of her best friends in this uh, establishment. Because when, she co- when she's telling the story to all of the girls immediately they're the ones who kind of just see through her bullshit yeah (laughs) they're immediately like and the truth is everyone else is like oh that's so lovely charity that's so good for you i guess whatever and she's like yeah no i slipped and (laughs) then he he was holding on to my money for me you know and something must have happened to him and i'm like girl what 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 could have happened it's like and he ran to get help. He's like, where did he run to? The next county or something? It's yeah. just like, so. <laughs> God. But then uh, we get one of the more iconic songs from uh, the movie, I think, which is Hey Big Spender. Yeah. And oh, yes. Also a reveal of like some of the choreo. Just a touch yes. of choreo. Ooh, my, it's just... <laughs> You know, like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, stand the man. I don't know him. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, and, like, obviously I would, like, anyone I've ever, like, said I stand. I don't know. But, like, it's choreo, though. Shit. Like, <laughs> like the, the, just even the way that they were posed at the mm-hmm. beginning. Like, just that. Yeah. I was like, Yes. Well, yeah, 100%. I'm here. Um, and then it was just like, it's not like extraneous. It's not like too extravagant of a choreography. It's simple enough, but mm-hmm. it's so effective. And like the moments of like just complete stillness and poses, I appreciate that so much from like his work, from like stuff that I've seen. Like it's just, I really yeah. enjoy the like, weird angles that everybody's posed at and it's just oh so beautiful 
Cash just immediately sent to Chicago because that is the Our only other like immediate <laughs> Yeah. But it's like the only other like immediate Fosse reference that my brain had. Yeah. So I was just like I see and even the way that they speak mm-hmm. against each other is very much um cell block tango uh kind yeah. of relation. Yeah. And like it's also kind of um, reminiscent of Velkoman from Cabaret. Um, mm-hmm. Like, very, very much so. So if you see Cabaret, which was directed by him as well, it, there's, like, you can see his stylistic choices as a director, or at least as a choreographer-director. Um, so good. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> hey, big spender! Spend do do a little time with me. Do, 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 do. That's it. That, that sort of like stamping thing that they do um, immediate, like that second, that second that that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, cabaret. Was I thinking, wait, <laughs> I think I was thinking of mine hair. Oh, sorry. Um, mine hair. <laughs> I think it's mine hair that I'm thinking of. But anyway. Um, what happens immediately after this? I don't know. I was, I was just taken aback by Hey Big Spender and I paid attention to nothing for like the next three minutes. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Doesn't she, like, after the dance or something, um, bump into that actor guy and his girlfriend? Oh, is that immediately after? Okay. I feel so, like that's immediately after. So afterwards, I think she's on her way home after work. It's raining and she comes across a hotel where a apparently famous actor who is played by Ricardo Moltaban. I did not expect him. I did not expect his face in this movie. Which I should really look up things before we have to watch them. But it always feels like a little surprise, you know, when when people just appear. And Ricardo was the thing for me that day. (laughs) But in this film, he is Vittorio Vitale, uh, who is a movie star who has a very beautiful girlfriend named Ursula who he is engaged in an argument with and Charity is just in amongst the news while the doorman is just there, kind of being there. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Ursula is like, where's my taxi? Charity whistles down a taxi for her to, so that she, she can just oogle at Vittorio for a bit. And then somehow, some way, she gets invited into his limousine because she's just kind of, there <laughs> this woman like has her umbrella over the man and he's just like she's not even in his eye line she's literally like <laughs> yes, she's like somehow. following him with her umbrella like let me like protect you from the rain but he's not paying her any mind at the moment it's really funny i i swear but they end up chatting uh in his in his limo as they go somewhere but <laughs> she kind of screws herself over a little bit because they're chatting and he seems to 
he seems confused but kind of likes her and then she brings up Ursula and he's like oh yes Ursula is very beautiful and she's like crap so they end up going to this (laughs) (laughs) again she just kind of talks before she thinks a little bit this character she really does because like obviously that is the thing that she's thinking like yeah she is beautiful actually but like most people would be like I'm in a situation whereas a very attractive rich person has invited me somewhere and they're saying one or two nice things about me i'm gonna shut up and take it like how often will this happen ever again you know so when they get to this nightclub it's apparently a very fancy nightclub it is very upper class women have chandeliers in their hair it's a whole thing oh my god the fashion Again, so good. Like, this scene, just, like, everybody looks fantastic. Like, they look so good. Um, just watch this scene, like, I, like, on loop. It's great. Like, I sort of wish, like, there was more to men's fashion in that time. Mm. Because it's very much women-focused with any, like, elaborate stylistic choices And the rest of them are just in, like, suits. But they're, like, the suits of the time. So it's still a bit fancy compared to now. But I just, I just, you know, you want things in life. Yeah. So. Like, just, like, if the sensibilities, sensibilities of, like, now and how we are slowly embracing men just having, like, more than, like, one color t-shirt and a pair of jeans Mm -hmm. you know um would be a fun time to see like how that fashion would have translated to men um if they were like not as like uh rigid with their sort of gender assignments or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's the rich man's fugue isn't really a song that we can get into singing wise because it doesn't really that's it but the choreo it really is this is one of those films where you just have to watch it like you cannot go for what we're telling you it it doesn't mean much you have to watch it yeah like absolutely even if you don't watch the whole thing and you just sort of like youtube a couple of the scenes that we're talking about specifically mm-hmm. do that because that section the rich man's fugue the heavyweight and the i forgot what the last one was um just it's just such a good like i don't know how long <laughs> that sequence is but it's like a good I think it's chunk like seven of time. minutes or something it's like just like a good chunk of time of like real great dancing and like great formations and great like all of that. Um, and then there's like a what like one section where we have like a hey, hey, hey. thing that happens. Um, <laughs> don't know why, but, you know, I was there for it. Um, and <laughs> they have this comically large um, menu <laughs> that Charity's <laughs> looking through at the time. It's so huge. I'm like, what is in the, What are you serving? I feel like they only show it to one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Vittorio gets a phone call and Charity manages to dissuade him 
from actually speaking to Ursula, which is probably a bad idea because later on, they go, both of them, back to Victorio's apartment. And Charity is walking around the room very much in awe, talking to Victorio about how her friends are never going to believe that she spent it. Like, I wouldn't believe her if she came and told me this. <laughs> so I can see why they wouldn't. But he then proceeds to start giving her uh, items. First, an autographed photo of him. And then a hat that he used in the film. And a staff that's like engraved with his name and things like that. And she's just so delighted about the entire situation that seems to be happening right now. Uh, yeah. She's saying, if they could see me now. <laughs> if they could see me now. It's a fun time. I like it. Um, she goes into like a, a hat, cane, little combo. Um, and I'm like, yes. Go off, sis. Um, I don't know if they were going to spend the night together, I feel like that might have been what it was leading up to. They were drinking champagne. They were doing nice things. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like, I was like, oh, Victoria's so nice. Like, he just, he's like, yeah. the, the, like you know, be just like, uh, sex, and then like, goodbye, you know? I was just like, oh, they're having a good time. They're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, um, it never came across to me like he was going to try to sleep with her. And I don't know if that yeah. was intentional or not. I hope it was. Because I was like, I really, I just, I was like, this is just nice. I like to see it. Like, it had yeah. nothing to do with anything. He was just being a nice person and like giving her autographed things and monogrammed <laughs> things. And it's just like, yeah hang out with me let's yeah. chill yeah he just seems so excited to do it as well it's like okay so this is my hat you can have it and right. here's this cane you can have that as well and he's like i need to go find more i honestly i was yeah <laughs> absolutely i was just like he seems so nice i love this yeah <laughs> but then ursula comes knocking at the door and vittorio doesn't seem inclined to answer it but charity seems to feel bad that she's out there pounding at the door when she obviously wants to really talk to him. So, Vittorio ushers her into a closet and Ursula comes in, initially accusing Vittorio of having another woman in there, which, I mean, she's not wrong, but <laughs> it's not in the way that she thinks it is. Yeah. <laughs> so... So she she almost catches Charity in the closet, but she kind of comes to the realization that she's being a bit... Uh, well, I mean, she's not, <laughs> because again, she wasn't wrong. Yeah. But, but you know, she goes to Vittorio, and they seem to talk it out, and Charity ends up having to spend the entire night in the closet oh. while they... <laughs> she, like there's wow. a moment when she's like smoking and she's like oh shit i'm in a closet and so she opens one of the like um suit cover things and like blows the smoke into there and i'm like i don't know how effective <laughs> that's gonna be charity but i guess do what you gotta do <laughs> also the conversations between ursula and 
Victoria are very like telenovela, like dramatic, <laughs> like very soap opera y. Um, I don't know why that is the thing that I thought every time they just like spoke to each other is very melodramatic. I feel like I feel like she's probably a model. So I feel like they live dramatic lives and then they just have dramatic times with each other. And I think that's why Vittorio liked talking to Charity because she's dramatic, but in a very down-to-earth way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And also, like, very wide-eyed and excited. Um, yeah. Everything, which is probably what fed him more of, like, that positive energy is that, like, she's, like this is all very new to me kind of thing. And it's probably very exciting mm-hmm. as a rich person to be like, oh, look at this poor person. Let me show <laughs> them like some great person. things. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, oh I don't know what God. it's like to be rich, you know? I don't know what it's like to be rich, but I imagine that that's how they <laughs> Not all Gosh. of them, but like some, you know, I don't know. <laughs> After spending a night um, in the closet, uh, Vittorio comes to fetch Charity while Ursula is still sleeping and I think Charity for a moment sees a life that she didn't really think was possible for her being had by Ursula just sleeping amongst the silk sheets but she doesn't like say anything Um, but also Ursula's possession like she's posed (laughs) she's posed in her sleep there is no ugly sleeping in this house alone (laughs) she's just like and I'm an angel I love it (laughs) Vittorio tries to give Charity some money for the um, taxi fare home but she won't even take it from him which I don't know why like I would have Mm-hmm. It's not like he's paying, he didn't pay you for anything. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just like, take the money, get a taxi home. It's so early. <laughs> um, but she returns to work with all of her um, memorabilia. Now uh, she puts the signed picture of him in her locker, replacing the picture of Charlie that was in her locker. And she goes on to tell the girls about what happened and they don't necessarily believe her uh, until they sort of see and then they start to they start to believe her because they're asking her a few questions and then she eventually has to admit nothing happened and that she yep. just spent the night in the she didn't even see his bed um, and I'm just like oh girl you really have an up and down life. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. Um, I think it's during this conversation, they begin to talk about what they want to do, like not wanting to just be in this place that they're going to specifically, Nikki starts it off saying that she's going to get out and do something else. And she doesn't want to be stuck in this club forever. Place forever. Yeah. And that's when we start to get the song, There's Gotta Be Something Better Than This. There's gotta be something better than this. I just like the, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get up. 
It's just it like, very much. Oh, so oof. good. It hits me very much in the West Side Story, and I don't know. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Didn't Cheetah play like Anita at some point? I feel like that. I think so. A fact. It's like, I think I'm not. <laughs> I, I think I'm not making that up. Um, yeah, so no. Like, she she originated Anita in West Side Story. Of course she did. That's it. One hundred percent. Me gave me those same. Vibes. She originated Velma Kelly. Cheetah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes, I love this for us. Yes, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's so fun. Um, they're in like their different dresses. The the reason why it does also hit very West Side Story, not only because they're on the rooftop, um, is that they're all their dresses are different colors, and so it's like this really bright, uh, yes, that fun is little true. thing going on, and you know all the <laughs> dance moves of uh, Bob Fosse, yada yada, you know, great time. Oh, I'm probably going to mention this again. I did not know that she was actually in the 2002 Chicago movie. Anyway. Um, she was? Yeah, she had a cameo, I, I, apparently. Oh my God. I'm so, going to look out for So now we I have to look it. for it now. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yes, they all commiserate on the idea that they're all going to try to get a better job until the boss comes and informs them that they have to get back to work. But in the next scene, we see that Charity is actually trying to follow through. She goes to this really tall building with a lot of offices that I guess is like an employment place. And she goes in to a meeting with... uh, someone one of the hiring agents i'm presuming it might be a temp agency but he starts to ask her about her skills and she doesn't have any because she hasn't i don't think she's worked anywhere else so it's the same thing no but it's the same thing that is experienced now where people are just like so what experience do you have in the roles that you're trying to get and i'm just like no i want to get (laughs) those jobs so that I can have that experience. You can expect yeah. me <laughs> to, like, to manifest in. an experience um, that never happens. That's 100% true. Um, it is really, it's really shitty because it's like, which ones are the entry level jobs then? Don't label yeah. your, this listing as, you know, entry level if you're not willing to like, not necessarily hold my hand through it, but like be like, hey, here you go. This is the first time you're doing this. These are the things we do. Okay, good luck. You know? Anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then he asks for her education and she went to public elementary school, 82 or something like that. And at that when I think right after that line, he's like, okay, I get it. I'm being pranked. They are testing mm-hmm. me. They want to see whether or not I will be hiring a person who's unqualified for a certain role, for the role that they aren't unqualified for. Um, and so he's like, oh, this is just a test. And she, like, obviously it sucks to be, like, told. She's so that, embarrassed. Like, exactly. Oh, I mean, like, it would be the same sort of thing if, like, you went on a blind date and then 
not like almost immediately into the date, the person says, my friends put you up to this. These, yeah. these, these assholes, they put, how much are they paying you? You know, it's that feeling yeah. of like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Um, but yeah, and it's really sad for her. And then she goes into the elevator. She goes to the elevator and she meets Oscar, who comes across very nice uh, and almost has to usher her into the elevator because he's going to be late for a meeting. And then he's very late for the meeting because the elevator stops. Yep. (laughs) And we get the reveal that he is severe claustrophobe and is just panicking a la the producers when his blanket is taken away just (laughs) to the extreme it is so intense because he's not listening to charity at all yep um and and, like charity's like really trying to be she's very chill right she's like just press the button okay the button's not working okay it's fine it'll happen We'll move soon, like chill. And he's just like, no. And then he goes on the floor, and he's like, I'm, I'm sucking up all this air. And then she's like on the floor. She's like, dude, you okay? And he's like, you should get the air too. I'm like, sir, I need you to take, I need you to take some deep breaths right now. No, I know that's not how that up works. The air. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not how that works. You know, I've been locked in a locker before. I know when you think been about locked it. In a locker. Yeah, um, high school. It's a fun time. Um, but oh yeah, I've been God. locked in the locker before. and But like, it's not like the school lockers. It's like a cupboard time lo- type locker. Still, I mean, it's still a small space. But like, but like, it's a bigger space than like an actual physical like locker where you put your books and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I know that's like in your brain, you're like, I'm going to die. So like, you can't really take those deep breaths but i was like sir i need you to (laughs) i need to meditate (laughs) i mean i get i think that is one of my fears though to be stuck in one of those high-rise elevators because yeesh i've never no that's not true i've been in a tall building before like one of those like real tall. i think i was it was somewhere in can't this is off track but you know, just the entire, yeah. no, I just mean like the entire elevator ride up. I was just like in the middle of it. I was just like, this is great for me right now. I am just so happy to be here in this moment. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, there are too many scenes like that, though, where like an elevator stops and people have to like climb up the top. You know, there there are so many of those scenes in like police procedurals and things. You know, there's that one scene in Final Destination where her hair got caught. Yep. Please don't talk about Final <laughs> Destination. <laughs> oh my We're god. So track. <laughs> uh, listen, I love horror movies, but Final Destination plus my existential crises. Mm-mm. No, thank you. So, back to this film. Yes. It was at this point we had an intermission. Uh, but immediately afterwards. Using that uh, same picture from the overture, by the way. And then just it's intermission a nice replaced. Picture. It's, a, it's a cute picture, yes. I just. 
I was like, you don't have another? <laughs> Spice it up a little. But, you know, Robert was busy doing other things, and that's fine. Yeah. Charity, um, while they're in the elevator, when Robert passes out, Robert? Oscar. When Oscar <laughs> passes out for a bit, <laughs> um, she sings, um, It's a Nice Face. It's not really a song song, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, there are a couple of songs, as you do, that were just written for the film. Yeah. So, it's a nice face. Da-da-da. It's a nice face with a place for every feature. Yada yada. Anyway, she's just like, you're cute. <laughs> He's unconscious, but she's like, yeah, you're cute. So once the elevator starts back up again, with a crowd of people, it's the next day. It's literally, they did not fix it. It somehow fixed itself overnight because it's the next day and there's just a bunch of people waiting to to come in to the elevator. She, uh, Oscar is trying to arrange to meet with her again and she's just very much I think she's still like super bummed out that nothing seems to be like actually working for her right now so when Oscar tries to arrange to to meet with her at the bridge she's just like oh dear god not that bridge where you know the last man I was with pushed me off but (laughs) I mean very fair you know (laughs) she doesn't say that to him but she agrees reluctantly and she spies on him as he waits there for a bit before eventually coming out from behind the tree uh i don't think she was going to meet him but he spots her and runs over to her and they sort of agreed to go on a date a little bit uh they go and get something to eat and she's very untrustworthy of him because he's searching for his wallet he eventually finds it oh yeah and he's like, they oh he's pulling that thing I, the where's my wallet thing i left my yeah. wallet at home thing and he's like still searching and she's very skeptical but then he finds his wallet and it's like oh it's a chill time relax yeah they go out for ice cream and she starts to warm up to him a bit They talk about, well, he does majority of the talking, I think, because it comes about to where she works and he guesses at where she works and says that she works in a bank. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I work in a, yeah. <laughs> and then it's and like, like, oh, and then he's like, oh, which bank do you work at? And she's like, are you familiar with Brooklyn? Yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, it's in Brooklyn. <laughs> do you want some gum? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love their little interactions because it's like the nicest guy so far. To check. Well, no, that's not true. Like Victoria was nice, but he wasn't interested in the relationship with her. Whereas yeah. he's nice and kind of seems to be interested in her as a person and potential partner. Right. So when they break up, 
to uh, go to their separate homes. She gets into uh, the train station and he's like, maybe I could take you out uh, tomorrow or uh, after we can go see a movie. And she agrees to meet him again at the bridge. And he says, he says the name of the movie in the thing. He calls her Sweet Charity. So. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I think I out, out loud said, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they said it. <laughs> Afterwards, when she's back at her apartment, which she seems to share, or at least uh, Nikki and Helen are over there often, which, you know, sometimes it's just like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're talking about the evening that she spent with him and they're like so you told him where you work and he still wants to go out with you and she's like yeah i told him and they're like when did you tell him it's like tomorrow i'm I'm telling him (laughs) that's what i told him i have told him in the future which i mean fair (laughs) but they go they seem to we seem to time skip a bit because the next time we see them they're running to the bridge and they seem to have gone on a few dates um, for like the last two weeks I think she says which I respect them establishing time periods mm-hmm. they're like we have been dating for two weeks now this is a thing that has been said thank you <laughs> and it's Oscar's idea for them to go to church <laughs> Oh, but yeah. it's not church church he's, yeah he's like uh you want to go to church and i was like hmm? <laughs> i was like is As he hyper religious like same I, was, I mean yeah but like i was also like is he like why is he inviting a woman to friggin' church man that's strange <laughs> but it's not just church it is a church that was formerly a jazz group that spun off and became a religion. And I was, as he was describing, I was like, that sounds like a cult, Oscar. That sounds <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but it sounds like a cult. It sounds like one of them hippie cults where they murder everybody at the end. And then cut to Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> And just, like, a bunch of people, very colorfully dressed, by the way. Um, And I was personally concerned for, like, a couple seconds, or, like, a couple minutes, really. Because I was like, did am I watching Godspell all of a sudden? Because it really does look like a scene from Godspell. But also, you don't see the main two characters for half of the song. So it's like, (laughs) where are we going, you know, with the whole, like, where's this movie going is what I was was like, I, is she going to join a cult? Like, (laughs) that's my general, I was like, is she going to join a cult? Is she going to run around like the Godspell people? Like, what's going on? Um, But then they show them and he says, and Oscar says something along the lines of, um, it's, it was like a church of the month club or something that he's a part of. And I was like, sir, what? <laughs> he's just on a mailing list. Yeah, just church of the month. And I'm like, also, they advertise this in their church of the month thing. They're like, yes, Sammy Davis Jr. singing the, the, the rhythm of life or whatever um, is a church. 
And I mean, he does like have like a mini sermon somewhere in the middle, but like, you know. He tells him not to smoke marijuana uh, because it's expensive. Yeah, so he does. He oh says he God. says it's bad at first, and he's like, but also it's expensive. So like, you know. <laughs> and then there's like sirens. Is like so if the popo come calling, just drop <laughs> drop it before the police come. Oh God. I don't remember them. specifically the conversation that happens um, with them and Big Daddy because they immediately just have to go and hide. They have to, like, dispatch everything. Yeah. And, like, security or the police are wandering around with a flashlight while Oscar and Charity are hiding in, like, a set of tires randomly. Yep. <laughs> And, and it, it comes about that it's uh, revealed that Charity, not Charity, that Oscar is suddenly over his claustrophobia now because he's with Charity and she makes it better. Okay. You know, like, just yeah, being with her. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Curing phobias. <laughs> Charity's really doing miracles. Um fun times and he's like i want to marry you i mean he doesn't say that immediately but that's <laughs> that's where his mind's at so then he sings the song sweet charity i think it's the only song that he sings properly it's just kind of like one of those songs that's like um of the era of like the da 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 kind of thing um Again, these votes may not be accurate, but we've been new that I take many, <laughs> many liberties when <laughs> recalling the songs for y'all. Um, but yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after this, she goes to work, I think, and is like, I'm done mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Um, or I don't yeah, she's having. I I think she has like an existential crisis about her line of work, mm-hmm. um, and like how like nice and sweet and very innocent he is, and then they meet at a restaurant where she refuses to look at him, and yes, eventually it comes out that that's where she works, and he's like, "That's fine, I followed you." Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is true. He did say that. Yeah. He did He did do that. That was a thing that he did. It is. And then he's like, let's get married, though. And she's like, let's what? He's like, I still want to marry you. And then they're engaged. <laughs> and I guess this is where she sings the song. Oh, right. Okay. I just recalled what it even looks like. Because <laughs> I was like, when does this song happen? But she's in like a marching band. There's not band. many words. It's a very big dance number. Yeah, it's. I just. Yeah, they're in like. Um, uh, what's it called? Like marching band attire, and there are people playing mm-hmm. drumline drums. I don't know what they're called. I love brass band. Da, 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 or whatever. After this, we. Well, we know that they're going to get married, and so does everyone else. So they throw 
they as in the workers at the Fandango Lounge. Fandango Lounge? Is that what it's called? At the place in which ballroom. she works. There we go. At the Fandango Ballroom. Uh, they throw a surprise party for her. Yeah. Um, a surprise going away party because she's about to start her new life. And she's here to fetch it, her it's things. very happy. And a, she's here to like leave yeah. this line of work and be. There is so much confetti. So oh my gosh! Confetti. Yes, like every two seconds, someone there's just like <laughs> confetti falling from the sky, and I'm like, why is this happening? So like, so much cleaning is gonna have to happen after this. Yeah, there's. I I also like made that note. I was like, oh, why is it so much confetti? Like I get it, <laughs> they're getting married and everything, but like chill. Um, but it's like during this sequence that uh, Oscar, I guess for the first time notices the tattoo on Charity's arm. Which I find highly suspect (laughs) because I'm pretty sure he's, we saw him put like a jacket on her earlier. I mean, has he just never looked at her arms before? This is just for the, for the drama because right. I was like, okay, clearly the movie's over in two minutes and I checked the time and I'm like, there's still half an hour to go. And then when I saw them, like, show him look at the tattoo, I was like, ah, okay, there we are. There's the conflict that they're <laughs> they're going to have. That makes sense now. Because I was like, are we going to just get 30 minutes of them being happy and in love? I'm like, we don't need that. Um, poor charity, though, you know. Um, yeah. But like, also, charity. everyone's singing a song called I Love to Care Weddings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's like a very like uh, not predictable, but like um, it's just like one of those songs that like you hear the first line and you can kind of predict the direction in which it's gonna go. Well, I mean, in terms of yeah. the song proper, not like the big intro into it, because it's like I love to cry at weddings, da 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 da, da with music that's just like. That kind of thing, and you can just sort of like imagine what the rest of the song is going to sound like. Uh, Nikki, um, kind of sees through Oscar a little bit, but she doesn't have enough time with him to like because she goes to confront him in a kind of protective way towards Charity, where she's like, "So you don't care about her line of work, huh?" And she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah, no." Um, and she's like, yeah, so just tell me again how much you don't care about it. <laughs> but Charity comes in and interrupts them from having that interaction. And then they leave. Yep. So I'm just like, oh, but she saw it. She saw it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next we head towards the actual marriage bureau where they're signing the paperwork. It's not like a big wedding charity is wearing a lovely dress with flowers on it uh because it's her wedding day meanwhile oscar is just you know it's another day being another nervous <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but he's like a little freaky outy because and then like a couple comes out or something and charity throws some rice and he's like didn't you see the sign it says don't throw some rice 
And that's when you know. <laughs> that's when it's like solidified mm-hmm. that, oh, no, yeah, no. Absolutely not going to work out between these two. Because it's like such a small rule to be upset about, but you can tell immediately the kind of person he is. I mean, like, obviously you could tell previously as well, but like, I, I think specifically mm-hmm. in this moment, um, it showcases how like, like she didn't think to look for a sign that prohibits her from throwing rice kind of thing, but he's constantly looking to be the right, to do the right thing, I guess, or the uh, mm-hmm. righteous thing. So, like, immediately you're like, oh, no. These two, <laughs> marriage? Okay. I mean, it has only been a few weeks. But that they too? head into the offices, and Charity signs her paperwork, and is just waiting for Oscar to do his, and he says that he can't. And Charity is confused and a bit in denial I mean, about, as, as, as she tends to do. The thing is, when she's filling in the... The, the form, though, he's, like, listening, right? He's, like, listening a lot because he's answering out loud as she's writing it, too. And I think he's making judgments mm-hmm. on that as well because it's, like, oh, markings on the body? What? And he's, like, you know, birthmarks, piercings, tattoos. I don't know what. I don't think piercings is one of them. But, you know, scars, tattoos. And she put in tattoo or whatever. And she's, like, oh, but I'm going to get it removed, yada, 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 yada. But he's... He's still stuck on it. He's like, "Mm, actually, no, thanks so much. Yeah. And he comes to the point where he needs to sign and he says that he can't do it. And he leaves and Charity basically is chasing him down. And he's saying all of these things like he's going to ruin her. And like, it's, it's not her. It's him, which it really, really is him. Yep. um, Because he can't, get over the idea of her having been with other men. Well, I don't know. There there are multiple things. The primary one that he says is that um, someone like him would ruin someone like her. And I guess I could kind of see that, but I feel like they could compromise if they'd had the time to work through it. Rather but also he's not specific enough. To get... Yeah. Like when telling her what the problem is, he's not specific enough for them to even have a real conversation about it. Yeah. I think he's 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 jealous um of the fact that she had like someone else's name on her. Um which I don't know what he thinks it means. Like you can fall in love and out of love with people. But I think that coupled with the fact that she, like, spends time with men for payment um, is, is a thing, is a hurdle that he just can't get past, even though he said that he could. Um, he, I think he's one of those guys that just kind of plays at being open-minded until it's in front of him yeah. to be, and then he just cannot actually cope with it. Like, it's fun to go to this, like weird church and hang out with these quirky people but like if it's like my actual life like yeah. then I'm not certain about it I think which is sad <laughs> that but like also I think he was very caught up in his feelings for her um, 
to yeah. have really cons like sat down and thought about it and come to a real like place of like okay will i do i want to marry her he, like like you said they've only been dating like a couple of weeks or whatever um and like he proposes to her almost immediately after finding out what her line of work is even though he's not very satisfied with the fact that that is her line of work kind of thing like he really did not do any introspection yeah. before um proposing to this like proposing marriage forever to this woman and i'm like I don't know, my guy. I I want to be on your side because you're nice, but like, not really, because like you kind of brought us all here, only to be like, haha, psych. I'm kidding, you know. And she, he leaves her there, and she's understandably broken up about it because she's quit her job, mm -hmm. so that she doesn't even have income anymore, probably, or she's gonna have to go back to those people that she just left who who like all seem like real happy for her leaving yeah. and we kind of get that after she manages to gather herself up uh during the song where am i going where am i going what am i doing but yeah she's trying to figure out what her life is going to look like from now on and she's very very sad and she goes to the park and she sits on a bench she well yeah she does do that she does also call the um oh my god yes she calls she's crying the, the girls i completely back. forgot about that <laughs> gosh she calls them and they're like all gathered around the phone listening to her and nikki says that they're all listening to her because she calls them in tears to tell them that he's left her and she's not married but then they're like oh how is married life how's the how the big day go oh she's all choked up you know from happiness and I'm like no no do people happy cry on the phone after they get married is that a thing for you to for you to think good grief I don't know, but because they were so expectant of her happiness, she cannot bear to break the news to both them and herself at the same time mm -hmm. that this is what just happened. I think she just hasn't, like, she was going to go through it if she was just talking to, to Nikki. Because if they do live with her, Nikki and Helen, then I would think that she's probably planning to move out of where she lived as well mm. which i guess they're in for a surprise <laughs> when uh when she goes when back because <laughs> where else is she gonna go <laughs> yeah but yeah but yeah like, no oh my God, put him on the phone and she's like oh he's shaving or something along those lines um but like yeah super happy and they're like oh we're so great for you anyway goodbye and she's like <laughs> It's a great time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I understand happy crying, but I don't, I've, I've not witnessed a person happy cry to that extent, except for that little girl, uh, Chloe's, Chloe's sister, the one when they're going to Disney and they're like, we're going to Disney. And she like breaks out into and just oh, like, in the oh car. my god! <laughs> and then they say it to the little sister, and she's like unfazed because she's a child, like she's a a full on <laughs> toddler. She's like, I don't know what's happening, but yeah. 
Um, I've never seen anyone cry happy at all like that, except for that child. I think her name's Lily or something. Anyway. <laughs> but um, she ends up back at the Glasto Bridge. And the Glasto? Gapstow. Good grief. Um, and she's just contemplating their life. I don't know if she was gonna unalive herself in this moment. I don't think so. But she's just, I don't know. But um, she just seems to stay there for the entire, I, I feel like that might have been the implication because that, that bridge is very bittersweet for her, where it's just like, it's sort of an in-between point. Right. Um. But she seems to just linger there the entire night until the morning comes. And then we next see a group of hippie teenagers uh, spreading peace and love and flowers to strangers. And eventually they get to her and they wake her up, which like, why? (laughs) But (laughs) they wake her up from sitting on the bridge and they hand her a flower. And then they're just like good morning and all of them in succession say good morning until she says good morning and then they show her the peace sign and say love and they all go around and say love until she says love and then they leave her and I guess that made her a little bit happy because then she gets up and she starts saying good morning to the random couple of elderly people that she sees and and she goes off out of the park and the, the, the header comes up and she lives hopefully ever after yeah and i was just like i guess that's an ending <laughs> yep <laughs> like i guess in theory i suppose it, I don't know. It, 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 it is a conclusion to a story but yeah it was a, i was i don't know um, i don't know i wouldn't want to say pleasantly surprised but i was kind of like oh okay this is what's happening you know Um, Because I had this Mm -hmm. feeling um, around the time when Oscar entered the picture of like, you know, the Victor Victoria thing of it being like shifting from like kind of one focus to almost solely romantic, almost. But I think Mm -hmm. Sweet Charity did it more than Victor Victoria did. Um, And so like, to leave her loveless, like, took me a little bit aback. I was like, oh, <laughs> so we're just going to do that to her and then leave? And then we're just <laughs> supposed to assume her life happens and she doesn't, like, she's not upset for the rest of her life? Which, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, you know, assumption we have to make about every character that we enter into a story with is that, yeah. like, once we leave them, their lives will carry on as normal and not be too tumultuous in whatever way. Um, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know, for some reason, this made me like, I need to know what is her plan? <laughs> because we just, she's not married. She, uh, as she was hoping to be, uh, she's left her job, possibly had given in like a, a sort of, noticed or whatever or, or whatever to her landlord to be like I'm I'm piecing out and it's like she needs to sort of pick up all these pieces of herself 
and we don't even know what the plan is. And that was unsettling for me. I'm like, yes, she lived mm-hmm. hopefully ever after, but that doesn't mean she was happy. I need to know she was happy. <laughs> I mean, they did. There is an alternate ending, but it's like the the corny romantic one where Oscar comes and like finds her on the bridge and then they both fall in the water and then he proposes to her again and like she accepts um but Fosse didn't like that ending I know because he's cynical and stuff and that's fine but <laughs> but I like that ending <laughs> give me the cheese give me the corn I want that um <laughs> Because this was just a little, it was, it really was a a little unsettling for me. I was like, what now? Like, what do I do with my body now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to feel, you know? What do I do with my body? Oh my god. But yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. Alright, let's get into some ratings. Getting right into music and choreography. Okay, the music is fine. Like, it's they're not. I want to say that there aren't that many songs with words, like as they would be in like a standard musical. Right. So the ones with words, like the majority of them, great. Big Spender, awesome. Um, there's got to be something better than this. Wonderful. The choreography. <laughs> really I just it's really an iconic piece Sweet Charity mm-hmm. specifically because of its choreography yeah. like not to say like in comparison to some of the songs but it is specifically the choreography that I think people will remember Sweet Charity for Yeah, it's sort of similar to how people remember Chicago for Cell Block Tango and <laughs> And very little else. <laughs> Fair enough. You remember Sweet Charity for the rich man's fruit. And and maybe, and maybe, maybe there's got to be something. But specifically the rich man's fruit. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's really not a whole lot to be said about it. Except for you have to see it to understand why it got the glory that it did. Because these Fosse moves have really shaped a lot of contemporary and I think modern mm-hmm. uh, jazz and dance as a whole. Yeah. So just, 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 just watch, just watch Sweet Charity. Oh my God. Um, so for ratings, I will give it, I have to, I have to bump it up a lot for the dance bit. So mm-hmm. I think 4.25 hats cool um yes i agree the choreo is way more memorable and iconic to me than most of the songs like i said i only knew two songs and like leaving the movie i only really remember those two songs not gonna lie Mm -hmm. um and yeah, they are fun and cute, but like the choreography really is where this movie shines. Um, 
the like I've mentioned before, like the angles that they're just sometimes just posed in the movement is great. The formations are great. The focus in like where to focus in terms of the rich man's fugue specifically that was like a really like fun moment. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so I will give it, I'll also give it four hats. Yeah, I'll give it four hats. Now, storyline. Okay, so here's where uh, this movie suffers a bit. Because the storyline is focused around charity. And it's sort of the same kind of issue that Greece had. Where it's kind of slice of lifey. And there's not really like a single through line until the second act um, where we get to follow Charity's relationship going up with Oscar and then the come down of her being like that's a plot. But it's full of like little mini plots because it's meant to be about Charity's life and that's fine. But it's just really long. It's like, it's long. It's a bit... Yeah. It's an issue a little bit. And I think the movie suffers for it being as long as it did. Like, they didn't cut out what they needed to cut out. And the only thing that keeps you engaged sometimes is the fact that there is choreography. But the choreography lengthens the movie. (laughs) So, I don't know. Charity, as a character, is fun to follow around. Because she's getting herself into situations, and that's fine. But, I... Here's what. If, if, if Sweet Charity was a mini-series, like in today, if it was like a mini-series, yeah. where different things happen to her every week... I would be sold. Like, that would be it for me. Mm. The storyline, just as one through movie, it's it's not. It's not it. <laughs> no disrespect to Bob Fosse. <laughs> it's not I it. I mean, he didn't write the screenplay, so... so. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, so I will give it three bridges. Cool. Um, I agree with you. I think, you know, slice of life movies are can be really, really hit or miss. Because, um, like, I agree. I really enjoy Charity as a character, and, like, I sympathize with her, and, like, I want to see what she gets up to, and, like, all that stuff. She's sweet, and she's, it's like, she's not, like, a very hard character to keep watching. Um, but I also do feel like, I wish that some of the things, like some of the things that happened meant something long-term, which means they would be very more, like much more integral in telling a specific story. So like, for instance, her little adventure, you know, <laughs> in in that place with uh, Vincent, 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 um, with the actor. Victoria. <laughs> the, yeah, like, um, if that had more, like, actual consequence and led 
to something where maybe he was still involved in whatever way. Because, um, like, all it really does is just, like, give her a mini epiphany for, like, a second, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. I feel... I agree with you that, like, the story only really starts happening once Oscar is introduced because then we follow their romantic story. But I really would have loved... Like, I would have been absolutely okay with the story being about Charity realizing she wants to get out of there. And from that, from that moment, like, from going to the thing, to the guy who's like, ha, 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 you don't have any skills, goodbye. Um, Like, if it didn't veer off into the romance, but then it was really about her trying to like make her life better enough so that she can feel the feeling that she felt when she was, you know, in the very high class place and all that stuff. Because then that is a story in itself that could have been told, right? Um, obviously, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not sitting here like giving uh, rewrites to these screen uh, screenplay um, writers. I'm not like, hey, you, this is how you make your story better. Who am I? Nobody. Um, but as an, as, as a consumer, as a, like a, someone who was watching it, I was like, yeah, nothing's really happening. And then Oscar came around and then I was like, oh no, it's going to be all about the love. And then it was for a little bit. And then she got left and it was very sad. And I was like, oh, but, Mm -hmm. um, for the story. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, Um, so I'm gonna give it um, 3.5 bridges and finally overall enjoyment I I liked it I don't know if it's like it's not the most easily rewatchable thing I think um, the first, like, hour is, uh, but I think after that it starts to, it starts to drag on a little bit for me, and I, I will admit, I was distracted during parts of this movie. I was mildly doing other things while this movie was happening, Fair. and... I think it it speaks to one how long it is two some of the songs aren't the most memorable as you said and three again it's just it's just long and like I don't it's it's weird to say that something that's two hours is long but sometimes you don't feel the length mm-hmm. of a thing and I felt it here so sad to say I don't know if I'm going to readily watch this movie again, but I will watch the songs from it <laughs> because they're fun. Yeah. So overall enjoyment, I'm going to give this a mm, three point seven five confetti blasts. Cool. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> like you specifically, mostly 
the big dance numbers and there's got to be something better than this that sequence is really great um i also agree that like act one great time fun time even though that's the part that's mostly slice of lifey um Mm-hmm. It didn't feel too long or too or boring or whatever. It was just like, yeah, I'm here for the ride. Um, and it could be like, on one hand, it could be that it it, it does get to that point where it just meanders um, and is too long. Or the fact that both of us generally don't really like love like romance. watching romance. Oh my god! So like Ugh. that po- could possibly be the reason why it feels that much <laughs> That's longer. Probably it. <laughs> because I was it's, like, oh my god, we can move on. Like we met him. It's cute. Whatever. We can go on now, right? That's where I was with it. Um, so like, it absolutely could just be the case that personally for the two of us. It wasn't as engaging once the romance became the centerpiece of the story. Um, so, like, yeah. I'm not, like, going to sit here and, like, say, don't watch it or whatever. But, like, go watch it if you want to. But, um, yeah, for me personally, uh, Act 1, knocking it out of the park. Um, and Act 2, strolling around the park. And that's, you know, how it would be sometimes. Um as a result, I will give it, um, yeah, I want to say 3.75, like, showers of confetti, too, because, like, yeah, like, because, like, the choreography, man, the choreography really helped um, this thing feel less like work, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> those are our ratings. It is Black History Month in America, and uh, I figured, uh, well, we figured it would be nice to pay respects to uh, Miss Cicely Tyson, who recently passed away. Uh, she was 96. Um, if you don't know her, she is a Tony winner and an Emmy winner. She has been in, uh, on Broadway, so many several performances. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, like, just very iconic actress. Like I have seen her in a lot of. Like, even if you don't think you've seen her in stuff, you've yeah. seen her in stuff. She was in Roots. She was in Kings. She was in How to Get Away with Murder, very recently. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know, like her Broadway listing. Oh, she was in The Help as well. And on Broadway, she was in The Corn is Green, The Trip to Bountiful. Just very recognized, very worthy of her titles. And... We are sad to see her passing. Yeah. Now you can burst into song. <laughs> well, let me get right to the point. There are several things that we'd like you to see. Our obsessions. 
things we've thought about this week. Do, 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 do. That was really good. Oh my god, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this is a section where we talk about things that we like. I mean, it's dece- It's a deceiving title to call it Obsessions. Because occasionally it really it really is just like, I read a headline today. Uh, <laughs> but this is the part of the podcast where we just sort of like spotlight things that we think you should be looking out for, listening to, watching um, that are related to musicals, musical theater, theater in general, stuff around that area. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so I, I really just I really just need to get this out. Okay. <laughs> um, so Nickelodeon is having a new live action musical starring Jojo Siwa, um, a, a recently crowned queen. Um, I mean, I'm sure she had a lot of fans prior to me knowing her of her existence, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so it's the script is meant to be written by someone who worked on Fuller House with songs written by Jojo Siwa herself. The musical will have Tasha Campbell in it. Um, Lauren Saltis from Hiccups. I don't know what that is, but if you do, there we go. Julia Marley from Dead to Me. Not entirely sure who that is either, but maybe you do. Uh, Carrington Jones from Little Fires Everywhere. I've seen that. Also don't know who that is, but I'm sure it's going to be great. And Kiara T. Romero from The Prom. So, like, you know, it's got some people. So the premise of this movie is that um, Jojo, whatever her character will be called, um, is removed from a dance troupe when her retiring dance coach is replaced by a sparkle-hating teacher. The events force the young performer to rediscover what dance means to her. I love this for her because I feel like she's just going to be playing herself, and I love it. Because <laughs> um, it's like she's a sparkle happy girl so like it's it's gonna be fun to just sort of see her do her thing um in that i think the movie is meant to be called the j team so you know very high expectations of the main character being called jojo another really big thing that's really exciting for me and probably a lot of other people um, Disney Plus is getting the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, the one starring Brandy and Whitney Houston. And Gang. let me tell you, they I'm got excited. It. They have it. Well, it says coming to. So and this was from two days ago. So um, oh, but maybe yeah, they don't have like, it yet. Maybe I'm preempting. So I'm it. assuming it's gonna be a thing on Disney Plus if it isn't already by the time that you listen to this. Um, that's exciting. And the final thing I want to mention is just something that's been haunting me for a week now. <laughs> Adisa, you know what it is. Um, so, y'all remember the Vampire Diaries, right? Oh, remember they had a spinoff, the originals? Did you know that they have a spinoff off of both of those shows called Legacies? If you didn't, now you know. Um, and 
as per, you know, the rules of Riverdale, which is, I guess, the basis of what teen shows are right now, there ha- they had a musical episode in which they're portraying the characters in the Vampire Diaries, a.k.a. these people's parents or whatever, right? I, I'm, I'm almost certain, like, one or two of the characters there is a child of one of the people in the previous shows, because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, they're just going to be like playing out the lives <laughs> of the, some people. Like, I, it's so strange to me. But anyway, yeah, I think it's meant to be called Salvatore the Musical within the show. Um, I'm very excited to see this, even though I know I'm going to miss so much because I didn't watch the, um, the Vampire Diaries that much um, or like for that long. I didn't finish it. I didn't finish the originals either. So like, there's probably going to be a lot of details that just like fly over my head as I'm watching. But I'm very excited to watch it. And uh, maybe we maybe we'll be making content out of that. So possibly look up <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, I just I just needed to say it because it, it literally has been haunting me for like a week. Every like uh, every day, like. Google pushes an article to me from a different <laughs> news site each time about this freaking musical. Um, so yeah, look forward to the musical episode of Legacies, I suppose. Um, yes, that is it from me. What is, what are you, what are you, what, yes, Alicia, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, mine is just more news, I guess. So to start off, uh, the Wicked movie is apparently going to be an actual thing, hopefully, because uh, John Chu, who directed the In the Heights musical, is uh, as well as like a lot of like Step Up movies and yeah, um, Gem and the Holograms. Um, yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's been um, asked to direct the film version of the musical, which is meant to have three new songs from Stephen Schwartz, who we stand in this house, and indeed, I don't know. I I'm I'm a little hopeful. Like we keep hearing about directors being on it, and then they they leave because they're scheduling conflicts because it takes so long for them to actually start making the movie that the directors decide to do something else uh, <laughs> so I, you would you would guess you would think that by now they'd have like a full screenplay already written ready to go yeah i don't know uh but i hope that it, i mean it's still there's a shutdown right now so if there was a time to make a movie of a thing, I guess it would be now because no one's going to see the shows anywhere else. Uh, but again, it's still yeah. a quarantine, so you know, good luck. Uh, otherwise, I don't have much other news except the fact that, as we mentioned in the previous episodes, the TikTok musicals keep coming. Uh, and keep continuing to be made. I think the Bridgerton musical mm-hmm. is currently on its 12th released song part. 
So, you know, Bear and Barlow just keep producing the content and we eat it up. We really do. Uh, I mean, these songs no, are, like, have, they have... really good, too. <laughs> so... <laughs> They, they have a great talent um, behind the two of them. And I think it is the fact that we get to witness it being made. It's different to the Ratatouille musical, whereas it was a bunch of different creators making uh, their own interpretations of things and then like kind of seeing which one became the most popular. We have these two people who are primarily... Like, they're, they're doing it on a whim, but they're kind of also deciding to... I think they're having, they have, like, lawyers and stuff now where they're, like, trying to actually see if they can make it a, a concept album, make it a thing properly. Mm-hmm. And I just... I find it very interesting to witness that happening on the internet because it's not very often that you can be a part of the process from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, quarantine like, has brought a lot to us. <laughs> True. Like, I don't know if y'all um, who listen to this at all have TikTok, um, but we talk about it enough that I feel like y'all should just have it for the sake of the fact that we talk about it as often as we so do. So much. Um, but, like, it's re- it really is really cool to see these songs being made almost in real time um and like seeing an idea become a real thing um like unfold in front of you um almost as it's happening like you know there's several musicals that aren't based on anything um that i've seen that it's really cool to see like oh they've written a new song and whatever so like i don't know y'all if you're not on TikTok yet, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Especially if you're listening to this podcast because we talk about it too much. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that does bring us to an and. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TMMTMM Podcast. You can follow us on Tumblr at Tell Me More, Tell Me More Podcast. Tumblr.com. You can email us at tell me more, tell me more podcast at gmail.com. You can become patrons on patreon.com forward slash TMMTMM podcast. We also have a Spotify account, not like the podcast account, but like an account account where we make the, a playlist of all our favorite songs from each musical. You can follow all of that if you look for TMMTMM podcast on spotify and then you'll see that there's a podcast and then you'll see that there's an account and go to the account for the songs great we love it but yeah thank you for listening uh we'll be continuing saucy february as we've mentioned before with chicago and hope to see you there until then though (laughs) for tell me more tell me more the podcast i have been your host leah And I've been your host, Adicia. Goodbye. Goodbye.